0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. Right here, wherever you're listening to it, whether it be on any of the given apps, we're everywhere, you can find us, or on the YouTube side of things. Hey, subscribe to that channel if you haven't already. We are back again to talk everybody's favorite sport. It's time for more Stick Puck. And by we, I mean it's myself and Sin for today, because Endo's off being a renter goalie and stonewalling people all across the greater toronto area so if you want to get stonewalled by endo mills that's at endo mills on twitter but sin we're back and i'm excited for today's show we have a lot of
1: interesting things to talk about but how are you doing today sir i'm doing pretty good just uh getting all prepared trying to get some videos recorded and ready for when i'm gone for like five days Cause that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. So next week, uh, Sin will probably end up missing both shows. Maybe end up with a guest
0: or two on the show. Who's to say? It's been a little bit. I think the last time we had a guest was when you were technically a guest, and then yeah. it went so well that we're just like, ah, and then I just stuck around. I just you couldn't <laughs> get rid of me. Nor would I want to, but. If there are things that you want to get rid of, no, that's not the best transition for this in the world, but as per <laughs> usual, it is my due diligence to remind you all at the start of the show, of course, before we get into our talking points today, that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, and of course it is the holiday season And what better stocking stuffer could there be than a gift from our friends at Manscaped? And you can use code TUKI at checkout for 20% off your order, free worldwide shipping, to do just that. Whether it be the idea of taking care of the hair you got, like my luxurious locks that I have, that I've been treating with that new shampoo that they've been dishing out recently. I mean, sins would make more sense. God, it's luxurious. Make sure you're watching on the YouTube side of things to be able to see that glorious mane. Uh, or if it's a matter of wanting to maybe get rid of a little bit of extra hair here, there, anywhere, down there, Manscaped is the place for you. The right tool for your tool, I believe, is what I've heard before. So again, check out our friends at Manscaped. That's Manscaped.com. Code 2 get at checkout for 20% off your order. Free worldwide shipping. Your balls will in fact thank you, and we will thank some of you for sending in your viewer questions. Again, we try to get these viewer questions in whenever we don't have a crapload to talk about. Which sin hasn't been often? <laughs> like this season has been ridiculous in that it always seems yeah. like we have so much to talk about on a given show. But for the first time in what feels like forever, we get to talk about a lockout, and it's not hockey related, because Z Pop simply asks MLB lockout question <laughs> mark, and look, you know, I we we'd all like to think that the NHL is going to avoid a lockout in the near future, you know, again, with Seattle just joining the league, the new TV deals, we'd like to think that if it's a lockout, it would be temporary, there would be no games missed, but boy, doesn't it feel like this baseball lockout could last a long, long time. I don't know how much you've paid attention to it, but when every MLB owner unanimously agrees (laughs) to institute a lockout, that shows that there's uh, some problems uh, going on with Major League Baseball, and oof i i i don't know like uh, they're again baseball wise for me i don't know where you're at as a fan but you know, like i, I the enjoy a's the fan,
1: so it's it's very yeah. numbing experience you're just like oh well that sucks but also I it ch- saves me from the pain <laughs> yeah i try not to fall in love with any players because i know if they get too good they're they're going to a team who will pay them money.
0: you shouldn't fall in love with the team because my god apparently they're so <laughs> desperate to move to Vegas. So, oh
1: God. Yeah. Oh, if they do that, I'm done. I'll, I'll, mm. I'll either not watch baseball or find another team. There you go. I ain't doing that. God. Vegas is dead to me. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like baseball wise, like, you know, I,
0: I'm, I don't want to say I'm fair weather, but in a way, like I'm not a bandwagon. I'm a Red Sox fan and that's it. I'm a little bit fair weather. It's not solely dependent on whether or not they're good. It just depends on the mood I'm in to watch baseball. So yeah. it's like, I very much enjoyed watching them beat the Yankees in the wild card. That was phenomenal. And then they made it, you know, and lost to the Astros. I mean, I have to talk about that. But yeah, just in general, man, the, the feeling about the baseball lockout is one, I'm so glad it's not NHL related. Two, man, I don't know if there'll be baseball this year. I feel like this is, this could be that lockout for them where they just, it's just
1: tooth and nail and ugly like it was for yeah, 2005 well, I mean, in the NHL. The ratings have been pretty bad i mean they're paying players an insane amount people Mm -hmm. i i mean i like going to baseball games but i don't i wouldn't go that often probably because well i don't know the closest team actually is a triple a squad so by this point now i don't know i can't remember the last time i went to a ball game i'd love to go to triple a one because i'm sure the tickets are dirt cheap Mm -hmm. so but i mean yeah i mean they got to the point where the mlb website just removed all the player pictures instead of like I heard that instead of, like, negotiating a new CBA or something like that, whatever's going on, the MLB website, I'm pretty sure, removed every single player picture.
0: Yeah, that's something that's going on, apparently. So if you're at that point of uh, negotiations, yeah, I'd say it's pretty fucked. Like, apparently the biggest sticking point is it's, like, mostly centered around free agency, is my understanding, like teams want a certain amount of free agency control based off of how much time players have played, where players want that little bit of extra freedom. It's yeah. almost, uh, I mean, it's, it's weird though, right? Because we have that system in hockey with the RFA system, yeah. and I don't recall was the RFA system didn't exist before that 05 lockout, did it? Ooh, I would. I don't know because I, I and, did
1: not pay attention to the business side right, until I was like.
0: But 18. think about that: the NHL lost a full season. Negotiating around the idea of free agency, and that's what baseball is currently debating. That's scary as
1: hell. If you're hoping for baseball at yeah. least a full season coming up, because damn, was it really? Yeah, I thought it was. I couldn't remember what it was about, cause I, but I, I just remember all the new rule changes that, that too. came about. I'm um, I'm pretty sure it was because I remember hearing it being talked about, like David Backus got his like first deal, and but when was. When was... Oh, shit. I, I could... I'd have to look it up. I think it might have... If David Backus was signed to his first deal before that season, 05, then it, the RFA system was in place, because I remember hearing an interview about, like...
0: Yeah, about him I can't, I can't quite remember, RFA but... Deal. Like, like, that 05 NHL lockout was, like, the salary cap, revenue sharing, like... Yeah. Just, it was everything at the same time, so maybe
1: MLB will sort it out, but, uh... And then d- different pads and no yeah. more inter- no more hooking and no more interference. I remember, the, dude, that first year was insane. They were Screw Brian everything.
0: McCabe specifically <laughs> in terms of how he and people like him play defense. Screw uh, you. Um, yeah, God. First baseball lockout since 94, 95, and uh, oof, it could last a while. Next question comes from Tomas. I got to be an on-call e-bug for an ECHL team recently. I watched the entire game terrified. How do you deal with stressful situations?
1: (laughs) This is a lovely question. You wanna start off on this one or? Oh boy. I know. How do I deal with stressful? It depends. How stressful is the situation? That's what I would have said. (laughs) Moderately stressful or mildly stressful. I'll distract myself. Moderately stressful, maybe do grounding exercises, breathing stuff, meditation. Uh, very stressful. I will spiral. It's not really a coping mechanism, but that's how I deal with it. I just flat out fucking spiral. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if it's a stress, so, like stressful situation, if it's something that I can, like, that's just persisting, like, if
0: I can walk my dog around the block, that'll be a nice calming kind of mm-hmm. deal. There. If it's more in the moment, I actually discovered that I shockingly stay calm. In super stressful situations. For example, the example I I have here, um, girlfriend and I had been dating for like two months, and we were driving, and we hit black ice. And next thing we know, we're swerving into the other lane towards a barrier. Thank God there was no car coming the other way. And then the next thing we know, we've spun 180 degrees and are facing the way we just came from, and are very fast backing into a telephone pole. <laughs> the entire time, like, the girlfriend's at the wheel, and she's just, like, a, you know, she's just trying like hell to keep it together. And I was apparently, because I barely remember this, I was apparently incredibly calm, and just trying to keep her calm and talking her through it. And somehow the car stayed on the road and spun back the other way before hitting said pole. Um, crazy. Crazy. Crazy, but yeah, apparently in that super stressful situation, I, uh, you know, just kind of put your head down, do what you have to do, which surprises me. Yeah,
1: that's, (laughs) to me, that kind of is, I guess that is stressful, but that's like, it depends on the stress. Yeah, that's also like a split second thing, like when I had a run-in with grizzly bears, um... There's like, it's like, to me, that's more of a, it almost like survival mechanisms kick in. Mm. Like you get, pop, like you're probably flooded with adrenaline mm. and that's kind of why you're just like yeah. split focus. But what, what I, what I think about when stressful situations something that's kind of like an ongoing thing, like him having to sit there as a, you know, as an emergency goalie for an entire, you know, mm. 60 minutes of hockey and stuff like that. So.
0: Yeah, I guess in less less stressful situations, m- my brain will be like, okay, I have to think of this in every possible way I can. Yeah. It'll try to fully dissect the situation as much as possible and talk myself through every single little aspect of it. <laughs> and then, yeah, it goes, it goes from there. So I guess a couple... Like you said, it kind of depends on the full situation, right? In yeah. terms of just how stressful it is. Uh, and our final question comes from AJ. Basically... What jersey are you the most proud to own? Obviously, mm. I get asked jersey questions all the time because I have a lot of them, and it's delightful. I mean, again, I will still always answer the, the Ray Bork Avs jersey from 2001 with the Stanley Cup patch on it. Like, that's ridiculous. And it was gifted from a viewer of mine. Wow. Holy shits. <laughs> like, wow, it's, that's awesome. It's, it's the craziest goddamn thing. Like, for as much as... When when people ask me, oh, is, like, YouTube and Twitch been worth it for you when you could have been doing other stuff? It's like, well, got to go to Vancouver. Like, us two together with NHL Gamer, uh, you know, doing eSports commentary in the NHL scene, there's a decent shot in the future. Who knows? We might be able to go over there, Sweden, Finland, for a LAN event, which would certainly make it worth it. And then the fact that, you know, you, you talk about all the people that you got to meet. And... You know, just the fact that someone's like, hey, I like what you do. I'm going to send you your literal grail jersey and not ask for anything back is mind boggling. So that jersey represents a lot of different things for me and means a whole hell of a lot. So it's always going to be that one.
1: Yeah, that's that's kick ass for me. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really a jersey collector. I own Sharks jerseys a few. Honestly, the proudest jersey that I own is uh, from my high school hockey team with the C on it. (laughs) <laughs> because nice. i got named captain in my senior year <laughs> and we won two championships uh the winter championship and i think the spring one too damn just dominating and giving nobody yeah. else a shot <laughs> <laughs> love to see it. Uh, if, if i ha- it has to be like an, a real i mean it is a real no, i mean star. hey uh, hl1 i'll say my pavelski jersey because yeah joe pavelski that's fair
0: no, I'd say that's I'd say that's valid to be like, yeah, hey, this is jersey. Absolutely. It means a lot to me because I yeah. wore it. You know, yeah. like that's fine. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, once upon a time, like it's it's very dark in the the room I'm recording in right now. But it's like I have you know like a Portland Pirates jersey. And once upon a time, that would have been the answer, just because it's like, hey, what team meant a lot to you? And it's like, well, that team meant a lot to me because I actually got to go to their games because Bruins yeah. games were way too expensive and still are to this day. I bet but God. Damn. Dude, speaking of which, like this is totally um like off the wall, but in terms of how expensive games are, like we've talked about that. Sharks games still have to be stupid expensive because I saw yes. the list of attendance. Uh, it was awful. posted. And in terms of percentages in the league, the Sharks are tied with Arizona for 29th out of 32nd. And yeah. that can't just be because they're
1: shit. That has to still be the ticket prices that you were referencing. It's a lot. It's the ticket prices definitely because the the Sharks have had, you know, multiple years of shit quality and have only been moving ticket prices up Hmm. Um, to Silicon Valley, which is expensive as hell. Also, the Bay Area in California where COVID restrictions are still pretty Hmm. uh, stringent and some people were just like – it like took them forever to get into the stadium like the first few times and I'm sure it just put people off. Like I don't want to wait, you know whatever the process is of trying to get in, like taking like an hour, 30 minutes to an hour to like from parking lot to get in. I don't know, but I mean, that would,
0: it's not just the sharks thing. Like all three California teams are in the, are 27th or lower. And it's actually LA 27, Anaheim 28, (laughs) San Jose 29. And they're all somewhere between 71 and 77% capacity on the season
1: so far. So, so I think it has a bit to do with everything. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Those teams not competed. Anaheim's always been lower on the totem pole than both L.A. and the Sharks, especially when during the heyday of L.A. and San Jose, they were – I mean, when I would go to games five, ten years ago, it was never not a sellout. So I think it has to do with who is this team, right? Who's our big star? Who is you know that? But also it's – when you mention the three California teams, it has to do a lot with, I think, the uh, COVID restrictions still. Fair enough. So
0: again, thank you everybody for uh, sending in your particular questions. As per usual, again, at Tookie24 on Twitter, I'll always put up a tweet before the show. And uh, more specifically, I'd say it's always more active, the Discord that is there as well. Of course, you can find the link to that uh, pretty much everywhere that you could hope to find a link for it. Now, before we get into our day-by-day topics, we have a couple of general topics that don't really fit uh, in any other aspect, So we wanted to get to those. And while we wanted Endo to be here... We did promise to do our updated award predictions, uh, given that we are at the start of a month. Welcome to December, everybody. What happened to July? In terms of these awards, I feel like a lot of them are straightforward, but let's kind of go through these. And you start off with the Hart Trophy. Who won it last year as as MVP? Connor McDavid. Who's
1: gonna win it this year as MVP? Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. <laughs> <It's>, I mean, <laughs> he's just unreal. Art Ross, though. That's
0: yeah, so see, I feel like McDavid's going to win it no matter what. The only other guys I can really imagine are Dreisaitl or Ovechkin. Yeah, I mean,
1: well, because Dreisaitl's got more points than him right now, doesn't he? He has one more point, yes. Oh, just one? Jesus, what the hell's McDavid been doing? He's been catching up. Mm-hmm. Last time yeah. we chatted, Dreisaitl was at least a few ahead. Yeah, so it's uh, both 21 games played, Drysidal 41, McDavid 40. <laughs> <laughs> and then the I'm next- sorry, dude, those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> They're both like two points per game, and that's just casual. Just under, yeah. This hasn't happened in so long,
0: and I'm so stoked for and it. And then in third, which is just absurd, is Alex Ovechkin at 37 points in 23 games. It's. Yeah, it's going to be insane. David or
1: game. Hey, you want to take a guess of who's fourth in the league
0: in points right now? Fourth in the league in points. You total wouldn't want points? him on your team in the playoffs because he wouldn't be on the ice. Kadri? Yep. Holy shit! Nazem Kadri, fourth in the league in points right now between Ovi at 37 and Evgeny Kuznetsov at
1: 27. He has 29 points. Oh, okay, that's a huge gap, okay. I was yeah. like, he's got 20... 20- How many games played does Kadri have? Only 19. so wow. So he's at 1.53 point per game pace. I mean, hell, if he can avoid doing anything horrific. <laughs> I mean, he... He's yeah. a great player, man. Like, I understand yeah. why Toronto got rid of him, but I also feel like... it's It has to be one of the most frustrating... I wish I knew was here for this. It has to be one of the yeah. most frustrating things in
0: the world for Leafs fans to know that you had to get rid of him, but nobody wanted to get rid of him. But he forced their hand yeah. by
1: the suspension issues, you know, particularly against the Bruins, yeah. so and it, it's a shame. It was just... Yeah, it's just during a time... I think every year there's going to be one guy that Toronto has to just get rid of until they make it by the first round. Someone's going to yeah. be the scapegoat time and time again. I
0: mean... That's how it works, though, right? Like you think about teams that win, yeah, and a lot of them. You look at the year or two before they won, and the people that they added to the roster, but the people they also got rid of. Yeah, like you look at the 2011 Bruins, and you wouldn't think getting rid of Blake Wheeler for Rich Peverly would help make a major difference, but it absolutely did.
1: You had Blake Wheeler.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Bruins uh, ended up with Blake Wheeler. So, fun (laughs) fact: Blake Wheeler was drafted by the Coyotes, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, refused to sign, and then signed with the Bruins. And then, yeah, he was traded um, by the Bruins to the, at the time, Atlanta Thrashers. For Rich, uh, Beverly, for straight Rich Peverly, hmm? straight up? Rich uh, Peverly. Straight up? No, so the okay. deal was, if I'm not mistaken off the top of my head, it was uh, Blake Wheeler and Mark Stewart for Rich Peverly and Boris Vallebeek? Well. I think that was the deal. Um, which on paper the Thrashers win that deal every day yeah. of the week, and then they move to Winnipeg. So, yeah,
1: you never know. <laughs> you never know how it's going to work out. But hey, you want a um, cup? I, I would. I would take trading away an incredible possible well, someone who turned into a very good player to win a goddamn cup. Yeah, <sighs> the Norris <laughs> Trophy right now, I feel like is the most
0: unpredictable one. Yes. Almost impossible.
1: Yeah, let me.
0: Because we know that points matter a lot for the Norris. It's not, again, I love the idea of the best defensive defenseman and then the best offensive defenseman. I love the idea of that split because more often than not, yeah, true defense defenseman gets shafted. But if you want to look right now at the leading scorers in terms of points by defenseman, John Carlson and Adam Fox both have 22 points. Makar, Yossi, Eckblad, and Quinn Hughes all have 20 D'Angelo and Hedman both have 19. And then Seth Jones at 17. You have six defensemen that have at least 20 points so far. Yeah. I mean, Kale McCarr leads the way by point-per-game pace. But I, I'd i go with McCarr right now if I had to. But bottom line is, by the end of this year, there are going to be a lot of people who are pissed because their def- you know their team's best defenseman didn't finish as a Norris finalist, and they'll be right. But this is a ridiculous race
1: for the Norris Trophy right now. Yeah, and just want to reiterate, I'm firmly <laughs> uh, behind you in in adding at least at least one more defensive trophy. I if if I had my way, I'd have three. I'd have the Norris as the best all around guy, basically the Art Ross of defensemen, and then mm. like the Selkie yeah. of defensemen, who's the best fucking. Defend like shut down yeah. guy. I that'd be great, and it would stop I think some so of too. the you know. Uh, Cause like, you know, I know if it happens, how if McCarr and Fox are close again, or people are gonna, oh, is McCarr as good as Fox defensively? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough to judge. Like, like for example, last year, right? Like Tyson Berry
0: led all defensemen in points. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even a yeah, Norris fighter. Like Forty nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Tyson Berry deserved some sort of shout as one of the better defenders even if it was just because he was racking up assists on the Oilers, like still, you got to be good enough to rack up those assists. You can't just put an yeah. AHLer there or I'm trying to think of like a a fringe NHLer that I want to throw under the bus. You're not going to put Brad Hunt in Tyson Berry's shoes and have Brad Hunt lead the NHL in points by defenseman last year. That's just not how that works. Yeah. So, yeah, that defensive race is insane. And then we get to the Vesna, which is, well, I... I it right now, for me, the Vesna is probably a two-horse race. Maybe, maybe there's a bit more to it. But if I had to choose today, it's very tough to not choose Jack Campbell, who is 13-4-1 with a 943 save percentage. And a 172 goals against average. Jack Campbell has been stunning. On the flip side, uh, there is somebody like uh, Jacob Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom, 9 4 4, but a 9 38. Also has a sub 1.8 goals against average. He has five shutouts on the year in 17 games. That's insane. Yeah. Rangers fans are going to be crying out for Shosturkin to be there because he's been insane. He has a 935. And then from there, James Reimer for <laughs> San Jose has a 934 in 14 games.
1: Goaltending! We have it. Probably not sustainable, but I it might be. He's clearly won the starting job over the last few yeah. games. He finally started like four in a row, and he... He did have one game in there that was so-so, but, I mean, yeah, he's maintained it. I, I thought for sure when he started out with, like, a 965, I was like, all right, cool. Hot start, well, they'll get back down to league average. Whatever, that's all we want is league average, but he's been great. And, lol, Tristan Jari, who's next in line with a sub. He's 10th. He's sub-2, <laughs> goals against average, and 933.
0: <laughs> it's crazy, man. And then, like, like, you have Bobrovsky at a 930, yeah. Freddie Anderson at a 928, uh, even, like, Sorokin's a 9.28, Holpey a 9.27, Vasilevsky a 9.26, Quick has a 9.24. Like, it's ridiculous, but I mean, right now, if you had to choose, I feel like your top three would probably be Campbell, Markstrom, and Shesterkin, and if I had to choose today,
1: uh, Jack Campbell would get my vote yeah, he's- for the Vesna. but that race is also far, far from over. Yeah, I mean, Campbell's been insane lately, but also Toronto has been insane lately, too. Um... You know, oftentimes goaltenders are partially product of their teams. Not to say that's not to take anything away from Jack Campbell. He's it's a Leafs defense after all, but they have figured something out. And it's it's also gonna help him boost up those stats. And but at at the same time, like yeah, it's it's kind of scary. They're <laughs> I saw the stat in the last in the last stretch, they are the second best team in goals against average. Which yeah. when is the last time a Leafs team has been able to say that? <laughs> <laughs> the the fifties <50s>, yeah probably <laughs> God damn. Um,
0: you mentioned before the Art Ross um, obviously the idea of like oh who's gonna lead the way in terms of points in the league it's Drysaitel or McDavid yeah it's a complete toss up in terms of the Rocket Richard I mean it feels like like right now the top three in terms of goals Leon Drysaitel Alex Ovechkin and Chris Kreider. Um, I also want to shout out with 15 goals. Uh, Angie, Apani, McDavid and Troy Terry. I mean I feel like it, it's Dricidal or Ovi's, yeah I'm like not, not to disrespect Chris Kreider. I, I he'll hit 30 goals in his sleep this year maybe even 40 but if anybody down. other than Sidle or Ovi wins it, it'd be shocking.
1: Yeah it's I in my opinion it's gonna be dryicidal um I just feel like at some point Ovi's gonna slow down man mm. I, I think I think a lot of people were, were saying oh his career's slowing down I don't think his career is slowing down but dad time catches up to everyone and I think towards the end of the season he might that pace is I feel like it's just gonna slow down a little bit he's gotten off to a ridiculously hot start the capitals yeah. are really really you know seemingly doing pretty damn good um I could be wrong though because it's it, it, he's still Ovi at the end of the day, he's still OV, but yeah, there's yeah. no way Kreider's is sustainable. I still can't believe he's doing what he's doing. I feel like there's no fucking way that it's sustainable. We'll yeah. see, but I've been saying that about the Rangers all year, like, oh, that goals against goals for ratio is not sustainable. And yeah, it wasn't because they improved that, like, you know, or I meant the, their win rate because of their like, they were like, even in goal differential, yet still like two to one win loss ratio. It's like, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And then they. Started scoring more and allowing fewer. It's, I yeah, it, it's nuts. I I don't know. I want to say yeah, with that, with a certainty, it's going to be dry sidle. But ov is still ov, and it's such a weird year that Chris Kreider is good. <laughs> I will say, I mean ov, I, I feel like it's just
0: one one day. It's just going to be like oh shit, he doesn't have it anymore. I know, you know, I know. And that's that's I, just because of. there hasn't been that gradual decline. So unless the gradual decline starts at age thirty nine, which it could. Yeah. Um Kretzky <laughs> better hold on to that record if that's the case because oh my god he's going to lose it. Um you know I, you mentioned in terms of sustainability. Um I'm looking at the shooting percentages right now for the top goal scorers. Dreisaitl is shooting 27.8%. Oh shit. Which is disgusting. Yeah. Um it's not even the highest in the top 10 of goal scorers. Troy Terry shooting 28.3. <laughs> Talk about unsustainable. Um, but Ovi's already kind of settled down. He's at 19.4, so that's a bit more, like, realistic. Yeah. Yeah, Ovi has 98 shots. The only guy that has more than him in the top 10 is Kyle Connor with an even 100. (laughs) Um, it's just, you know, you look at these... But point being, Chris Kreider's shooting 26.2%. That's probably... It's not gonna last. It'll settle somewhere probably around 20, maybe at the high end, but... 26%,
1: I mean... Man, if he can carry that for sixty-one yeah. more games, all the power to him. And, but and I would say Dry Drysaddle's is probably going to come down a bit, but I don't think it's going to settle around twenty percent because again, it's the Oilers and there's it's he's on the power play with McDavid and he's going to get the the Oilers are such a good team that they can look for that one chance and oftentimes it might be Drysaddle, you know, and he's got a hell of a shot. He's a great passer too. It's insane how good he is and how mm-hmm. much i uh because he speared tyranny in the nuts one time in the playoffs how much how against him and how how ready i was to watch him fail when they signed him to eight and a half million which at the time everyone's like what a freaking overpayment mm. <laughs> and little did we know <laughs> now he is probably the <laughs> the biggest you know he, he is without a doubt probably the biggest bargain contract in the nhl he and nathan mckinnon guys like that yeah. definitely come to mind
0: uh, the Calder Trophy, it's going to be the same thing, guys, until April. I mean, it's Lucas Raymond. Mm-hmm. You can argue more at Cider. And then you could also argue Alex Nadelkovich. <laughs> you could argue the three finalists so, will all come from the same team. Calder winner is Detroit. Yes, that is the meme all season long. Like, you have guys like a bunting.
1: Maybe they could win the Calder Trophy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, can you imagine? Like Trevor Zegers, Dawson Mercer, like there are some guys that have done pretty damn well, but yeah, it's it's one of the Detroit three. Detroit wins the Calder. The last one that we'll talk about here, well, actually, I guess we have two, but they're kind of intertwined um, because something like the Selkie doesn't make sense, but it brings me to the Jack Adams slash Jim Gregory GM of the Year Award because it always does feel like they're intertwined. And they almost always feel like, okay, you are better Lou than we thought you
1: be. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> He's winning all Let's move it. on. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's kind but, of interesting. Yeah. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you view these awards and are you leaning in a, a certain way? GM of the year is so tough. I feel like they never give it to the right guy. I mean, mm. um, it, it, like, how, how do they look at it? If it's GM of the year, then it should be you made these moves in this block of time it always seems to be look at this team he built well it takes years to build a team so i feel like the gm of the year award is very much a i don't know kind of like a a, kind of like a dowdy norris trophy hey you did good a couple years ago when it was really competitive Mm. we'll give it to you this year um so yeah but the jack adams man it could go a number of different ways you got to think uh oh shit so Looking at the standings right
0: now, right? Yeah. Because more often than not, you want to judge it by the standings. And I agree with you about the GM of the year, and that's why you'll always hear people be like, oh, the GM of the year awards the Stanley Cup and stuff like that. Right now, Edmonton's the top of the league in terms of points percentage. Tough to disagree that they don't deserve a shout for coach of the year. The detractors, of course, will be like, but McDavid, Drysdale." Cool. Florida's an interesting case because uh, they've already changed head coaches mm-hmm. this year. And um, boy, do I not have a damn clue who the current head coach of the Florida Panthers is? Uh, oh, it's Andrew Brunette. Cool. As in <laughs>
1: hockey player, ex hockey player, as in? in
0: the former hockey player Andrew Brunette, who has been interim head coach right. uh, for the past month since Joel Quinville was let go. Cool. I bet him and Jumbo I had no are idea. Talking
1: about the good old days. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, Carolina's obviously going to be up there with Rod Brendamore. They're still third in the league. But you expect them to be good. You expect
1: Florida to be good. You expect Edmonton to be good. I always like a reclamation project. Like, yeah. That's, in my opinion, it should be a team that wasn't expected to do good and then Hmm. did good. Like, I think the Red Wings coach deserves a shout, maybe. Um, But also, he's been shit. I don't know. (laughs) It's tough. So, Where do you stand on the debate of this award between
0: the idea of the best coach is the best coach, the end, versus the award being treated as, oh, you're better than we thought we'd be? Because, again, he's not the best example anymore, but Joel Quinville never won a Jack Adams as head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. They won three Stanley Cups in that time. That's fucking absurd. He never got a Jack Adams in that time. How about when so do you the stand-
1: Capitals were winning presidents? Did their co- was it Trots at that time, and was he getting uh, the Jack Adams? Because I don't, right, I don't think he won one. The, until I don't think the they did either. No,
0: like so the Jack Adams Award, uh, it's uh, it's history here, and unfortunately, uh, I got I got Google messing with me here. But in terms of the list of Jack Adams Award winners, uh, Bruce Cassidy won it with the Bruins in 2020. Barry Trotz 2019. Gerard Gallant, John Tortorella. Like, all good teams, but maybe you still had a bit of those moments of, like, okay, maybe, you know, you were better than we thought you'd be, but none of them won the President's Trophy, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So. Yeah. It does seem like they use the award for the, oh, you're better than we thought. But in reality, like, I wouldn't mind seeing it be used for, like, hey, you were just the best. But maybe the President's
1: Trophy is supposed to represent that. Like,. They they really do need to retool. How, how, how do they gauge some of the like how, how much an impact has on the coaching system? Uh, maybe EA has it right. You never fucking know if it's your team or a coach or what or chemistry <laughs> or X factors. God damn it, EA is so realistic. And every it, it sucks,
0: right? Every time you're just like, God, this game sucks. And you see something happen in real life, you're like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, they had a point. Mm. Um, head coach of the year, Dave Tippett, because the Oilers are technically. Uh, the best team right now off the point percentage. That's where I'm going with it. But, yeah, I think we discovered through this conversation. I'm going to go Ducks coach. There you go. Like, that's... Why not? Hey, give it to anybody.
1: (laughs) Give it to the Sens coach for not jumping off a bridge. (laughs) I mean, but, seriously, (laughs) the Ducks are doing good. Like, they're in a playoff position. They probably shouldn't be. They didn't really change that much about their roster. It's just, they have Troy Terry. Maybe the coach is the Troy Terry (laughs) whisperer. Fair enough. (laughs) he helped unlock their potential.
0: But, yeah, I don't know. So in terms of the awards, again, I, I think for the most part you could tell like some of them, some of them are decided, and then others it's just still a complete toss up. And it, it's at best or you know at best like ah maybe these two or maybe this third guy. But for the most part, a lot of them it's just yeah. it's way too many names up there. Um, one of the names we didn't mention for the uh, Vesna for goalie there was Malcolm Subban, uh, <laughs> who was uh, has he even played, played a, a game. No, I don't think he's played this season. I think he was in the minors. Um, So yeah, again, one of the topics that we couldn't fit into a a different kind of window here. Malcolm Subban was traded from the Chicago Blackhawks to the Buffalo Sabres for future considerations. Now, I like Malcolm Subban. I remember when the Bruins drafted him, and it was funny because PK was still on the Habs, and you're just like, ah, this is going to be good. But at the same time... It, it just hasn't really worked for him yeah. consistently. And now he's on the Sabres, where you could argue he's still the third goalie behind Tukarski and Craig Anderson. And this is a guy, like, dude, he was drafted in 2012. He's going to be turning 28 this month. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, it just it seems to be like
1: that's just where Malcolm Subban is. Yeah. It's just that third kind of guy. On a team. It's unfortunate, but I mean, fuck, you're still, you still get to play the game. You still make good money for playing the game. Uh, You're not making PK money, but hey, you're doing better than uh, Jordan. So you got that going for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Remember when Jordan Subban was a Canucks prospect, kids? Canucks legend.
0: So I'm looking, oh man, like I'm looking at that 2012 draft for goalies.
1: Minefield, huh?
0: Oof. So the first round, Malcolm Suban was selected twenty fourth overall. Wait, there was a first one other rounder? goalie. He was a first rounder, dude. Ooh, that seems like a name pick. A yeah. Bit. So uh, in terms of who was selected directly after him, not just including goalies, but uh, there were some misses Jordan Schmaltz, Brendan Gowns, Henrik Samuelson. Then you had Brady Shea, Tanner Pearson at the end of the first round. And then you get into like yeah, like, Jake McKay, Brock McGinn, Colton Sissons types. Like, the next really big... Like, Damon Severson went at the end of the second round. You yeah, know, like that's probably the next big name where you could have been like, oh, maybe them. And then, obviously, like, third round, it's like, hey, here's Adam Pellick and Essa Lindell and Shane Gostisbeer, and there were some good picks there. Colton Pareko was a third rounder that year. Mm. But in terms of just goalies in that 2012 draft, there was one other goalie that went in the first round in that draft, aside from Malcolm Subban. Uh, that was Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> who thankfully was chosen six picks before. It's not like the Bruins picked Subban, and then Vassie went off the board because I would die, Yeah, especially with 2015 and all that. Holy shit, I would die. Um, But it's interesting because that draft, like, you know, like, granted, he hasn't played a ton still, but, like, Chris Dreger was a third-rounder. Matt Murray was a third-rounder. Freddie Anderson was a third-rounder. Connor Hellebuck was a fifth-rounder that year. Wow. Uh, Linus Allmark was a (laughs) sixth-rounder.
1: That just that goes year. to show you how how hard it is to judge goaltenders. Like, it's fucking impossible, impossible to this day. You said Vasilevsky went what round? 19th overall. Oh, 19th overall. Oh, okay, yeah. He went early. Okay, interesting. So he was one of the ones who was good. Yeah, Evgeny Tabaka was taken in the ninth round, back when there were ninth hmm. rounds, and he didn't... <laughs> Although remember when he talks about it, he's like he's like, Yeah, I found out I was drafted from my local paper. <laughs> like he wasn't called or anything. <laughs> he found out he was drafted from his local Kazakhstan newspaper. And but yeah, it's and then Incredible. he became the like the Yeah, he was the guy for the Sharks for so long and adored and loved. But yeah, it's it's so nuts. How to Yeah. So like
0: Malcolm Subban, like his last good year was 17-18 for the Knights. He had a nine ten. In 22 games yeah, and then since then 902 890 900 his first year full year in Chicago and this year in Rockford in the AHL he has an 893 in 5 games in the so, A that's not good yeah so hey maybe this was the move he needs to turn it around I wish him nothing but the best yeah. but um at the end of the day you know uh, Chicago doesn't seem to uh, mind giving him up for yeah. future considerations There was something else I wanted to mention here, and I wanted your take on this, and I wanted to get this out there, because I don't know how many people watched the TNT broadcast of the Penguins Oilers last night, but they raised an idea that I've heard talked about before, and I don't know how I feel about it, and it's the idea of the long change. Now, in the NHL, first and third period, you are closest to your bench. So then, obviously, second period is the idea of you have to skate further away. On the broadcast, they were debating the idea of would it generate more offense if the long change happened in the first and third period hmm. instead of just in the second. What's your initial reaction to that? Because I'm like, that's fucking stupid. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, huh. I mean, I guess it kind of takes away some aspect of the home Mice advantage. But on the flip side, it would make the strategy of the game that much more interesting.
1: Yeah, like I, I get I. It would generate more offense, but I feel like it's... I, I don't know. It's just weird, isn't it? I would rather oh, not generate God offense by you. way of line change and people getting caught and whatnot. Like, peop- you should have to... St- I don't know. It's... Uh, it's... I don't know. It's... It's a weird one. It's a weird yep. one. See, that was my I exact, exact s- same reaction. Yeah, like when I initially it's like no and then you think about it's like maybe but then it's still kind of like i'm i'm really really iffy on it because like yeah i feel like it's just gonna i mean it would reward sustained pressure a hell of a lot more it would reward Mm -hmm. quick counterattacks a hell of a lot more but i don't feel like we have a problem with uh what i don't want i'll here's what i'll say absolutely not to it is during three on three overtime Because already Mm. we're watching three-on-three overtime almost turn into some games a grind fest of skate back out of your zone, try to tire them out old, and it's like, oh, my God. Remember when it first came out and how fucking exciting it was? Yeah, and now they're strategizing it to death. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. I I heard that on the broadcast. I'm like, huh, how do do I feel about that? Um, Also, a minute ago, I I forgot to shut off my stream alert. So shout out to Executioner on Twitch for the follow, one of the – every other week type of things there. The last thing I wanted to discuss before we kind of get into the day by day is one of those things that we've had to discuss over and over. And in the last episode itself, I mentioned that I have very little hope of the NHL going to the Olympics. And, uh, the more the days go by, I still can't help but think it's not going to happen. Um, Obviously, like day by day, like we're seeing that Jordan Bennington and Brendan Gallagher have both just been placed in COVID protocol, among others. But Frank Saravalli mentioned that a memo was sent to all 32 NHL teams, effectively canceling all holiday parties in addition to public engagements and events. They are already saying, just be by yourselves, like minimize contact with other people. Like Basically, this reads to me the NHL is already. Kind of sweating. Yeah. And they realize that we are getting rather close to the edge of we can afford to go versus we can't. And again, they have that contingency schedule in place if they don't go, and the season just goes on. And again, uh, it's a more serious topic, but I equated it to snow days. And eventually, you just have to start adding time on into the summer, and the NHL's equivalent of that is you don't go to the Olympics and you play more games in February. And I still can't help but think it's going to happen.
1: Unfortunately, yeah, it might go down with everything, kind of. <sighs> yeah, that's just a whole other, a whole other thing to uh, unwrap here with a you know new variant and stuff like that, and people still mm-hmm. refusing the vax. It's just yeah.
0: Well, and of course, too, like you know, obviously there's there's so much in there, but at the same time, you know, it's the idea of you know, you, you still gotta try to limit contact as much as you can, Because just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get it, obviously it mitigates the effect that it can have on you, which is why you still hope that people are okay um, it's why you hope that someone like Tyler Bertuzzi who didn't get the vaccine and is in protocol right now, it's like kind of just like, well shit, what's gonna happen there? Probably, I believe he's asymptomatic, but still it's obviously still just incredibly stressful but we can't completely ignore it because the fact is it outright affects the hockey world and that hey the Olympics are very much in danger right now as much as that sucks, yeah. but it is what it is. We'll move on to the day-by-day here. We'll start off on last Monday. Of course, Monday was the time of our last show. Um, and in, in terms of some of these games, again, some talking points, others, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like The Kraken beat the Buffalo Sabres 7-4 on Monday. Jared McCann scored two goals. I can really no longer sit here and say, oh, the Leafs should have kept him over Kerfoot because the Leafs are crushing it, but Jared McCann, shockingly, has been great for the Kraken. Uh, Jeff Skinner scored two goals in that game, though. He's up to eight on the year. Hmm. So, hey, a little bit of a bounce back for Jeff Skinner. Uh, and Dylan Cousins has six. So as much as I was personally like worried, like, oh, God, are the Sabres
1: rushing him a little bit, uh, Dylan Cousins has been yeah. decent He's, so far, at least in terms of putting up goals. I really like Dylan Cousins. A uh, variety of reasons, but most importantly, he is a – well, <laughs> but I, I, I hate to say it because it goes with his weird nickname that he doesn't like, but he's a workhorse, the workhorse from oh. Whitehorse. And fucking, he's, yeah, he's, I think he, he's a big guy. He, you know, he can obviously put up the points. He has the offensive skill, and I think he started out on the 3C for them. So, like, you know, if you have a pure skill guy, you don't want to necessarily put him in the bottom six. But, like, Cousins is a guy with the, with the size, with the body, and kind of with the two-way game to be able to do that. And, I mean, we're seeing kind of the upside of him right now, and good for him and good for the Sabres because, yeah, you're going to need to win by committee. Uh,
0: So I don't know know if those have been their lines uh, for a good amount of time, but their third line right now is Brett Murray, who's played four games this year. But it's Cousins and Okposo together on that third line. Interesting. And I don't know if that's been the the thing the whole way through, but Cousins have 12 points on the year. Okposo has 15, so maybe they're working
1: really well together. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's a nice line. Like they could put up points, but also kind of big body. I am not how much opposal hits anymore with his injury history. And I hmm. can't say I watch any Sabres games. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> nice. I wanted to say too, in relation to Dylan Cousins, he should
0: embrace that nickname. the The marketing potential, yeah. the branding. Yeah. It's WH2, the workhorse, white horse. Like, yeah. just have your logo be a white horse, the workhorse. Like, just, there's so many branding know, opportunities there. Why would you turn that down? He needs to embrace that.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: He does. It's ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, um, the Arizona oh, Coyotes yeah. <laughs> beat the Winnipeg Jets one to nothing on Monday night. Anton Roussel's third of the year was the only goal of the game for the Coyotes. Carl Vemelka, 46-save shutout for his first career shutout and second career win. That is tied for the most saves in a first career shutout since Dan Bouchard of the Atlanta (laughs) Flames did it on December 13th of 1972 against the Detroit Red Wings. Holy God. <laughs> like, just that that stat line of he just did something that hasn't been <gasps> done since 72. Yeah. And then the flip side of it is what the hell is going on with the Winnipeg Jets? 10-8-4, getting shut out. I believe this is their second loss of the year to the Coyotes. I, I wonder when maybe just uh, potentially a panic button gets hit a little bit yeah. for the Winnipeg Jets, because those are losses that you could end up regretting by the end of the season. And if we take a look at their division right now, I mean, they're in the mix, no doubt about it, but, you know, I mean, obviously, like, in terms of points percentage, uh, you know, did we expect Winnipeg to be behind Nashville? Definitely not. I don't think we did. And uh, they're, they're you know, a decent chunk. I mean, it's it's still close. It's close, is the best way to put it, but... I don't know. Like, those losses could uh, end up being a little bit problematic. They are one of three teams with a negative goal differential in the division along with Chicago and Arizona. So I'd, I'd just be a little
1: bit concerned Yeah, is all. I I don't know how to view it for Winnipeg, but not the start that they would have wanted. <laughs> yeah, I remember saying Winnipeg's going to be very reliant on Col- Connor Hellebuck for success, but he's, that, he's not doing bad. He's got a 918 and a 2.6. That's not awful. Probably not where he mm-hmm. wants to be. Well, that's not awful. It's I still view I don't know. their issue, and sorry to cut you off, but their <coughs> secondary scoring
0: has been abysmal. Yeah, Like, I'm looking at their line. First line, Kyle Connor, 24 points. Phenomenal. Uh, Mark Shifley, 8 points in 16 games. Blake Wheeler, 7 points in 17. That is not good enough. Their second line has been great. Uh, Andrew Kopp, 17 points. Dubois, 18. Ellers, 13. You want a little bit more from Ellers, but still not bad. And then you get to the third line. Stashny, nine points. Lowry, four. Veselainen, one point in 18 games. Ugh. And a fourth line of Harkins with three points, Tononato with three points, and Svechnikov with seven. So I was worried about their depth scoring, and so far, I think I'm right.
1: I mean, yeah, but I, I'm worried about Scheifele and Wheeler. Hmm. That's bad. Like, that, that's... That's supposed to be your two guys, like Kyle. Like Kyle Connor is, you know, part of that, but Mark Scheifele is the guy. Like, that's not good. You you, you got Pierre Luc Dubois because you wanted to you wanted to do the Stanley Cup thing, build strong down the middle, have a good goaltender, uh-huh. decent back end, like. But holy hell, yeah, that that production is troubling to say the least. Medium elite, yeah. medium elite with only 1.18 games, huh? <laughs> Interesting apparently so yeah i don't know what to make of the uh of the jets there that's it's just well, absolutely uh, the panic brutal. button that's g- probably going to be hit first is paul maurice um that's, that's just the easy fix yeah, always it's, it always is it's they're first on the chalking shopping block they don't have like mm. yeah that's but i mean that the fans will think it fixes it but hey who knows <laughs> it's
0: yeah again who's uh Who's to say? Uh, the Vancouver Canucks beat the Montreal Canadiens 2-1, so all does well in Vancouver now with a 7-14-2 record. Um, Demko had another great performance. Um, interesting stat line from this. Uh, Elias Pettersson scored his fourth of the year. So did Ryan Paling. <laughs> Who would have had that Uh-oh. 20-some-odd
1: games into the season that Ryan Paling would have as many goals as Elias Petterson. Yeah. I don't think Paling's doing that good. I think Elias Pettersson is just look. The whole Canucks mm. team is a big old woof. but yeah, Elias Pettersson is uh not looking good, not looking engaged, not looking like he wanted wants to be there. And uh, after some Held of up his for
0: that big contract, yeah, I mean,
1: off. But after some of his you know comments and the reason he wanted that shorter term deal, he's just like you know I want to eventually win and you know got to make sure that Vancouver is going to be a place where I could do that. Well, not this year. And probably. Well, I mean, hey,
0: they've won two in a row and three of their last ten. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's to say? Uh, uh, and the final game that happened on Monday, the Calgary Flames beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 2-1 to in the shootout. Gensel's ninth of the year. Lucic is uh, sixth of the year. So
1: <laughs> good for is Lucic is outscoring Elias Patterson. Elias Patterson. <laughs>
0: yep. Yes, he is. Uh, Calgary, they've won six of their last ten. So, I mean, they're still doing yeah. just
1: fine. They Tuesday beat, night. Beat an Eastern Conference team. What a surprise. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that record is still insane.
0: Of them against the East, again, and then horrible against yeah. the West, it's still hilarious to me. Uh, Tuesday night, the Detroit Red Wings beat the Boston Bruins 2-1. to one. Um, All you need to know about this game is Mark Stahl scored for Detroit. So, oh, that's Mark Stahl's great. in the league. Oh, my God. Like, so... I believe I don't remember the exact number because it it makes me want to cry, but Alex Nadelkovich stood on his head. Like the Bruins, it was like forty-two shots to like 18 or some shit like that. And Nadelkovich just stole it. And Thanks, thanks a lot, Carolina. And the problem is, Carolina's doing fine. That's the frustrating thing. Freddie Anderson's been good, Rant has been good as far as I know. And they get rid of Nedeljkovic, and it hasn't hurt him at all. Jerks. <laughs> it's
1: the, there was a since it's the Red Wings, and you talked about the lopsided shot differential. There's a playoff game back in the day. Um, it was the Flames against the Red Wings, and it was like forty something shots to nine. It was sub ten, or maybe just over it, maybe eleven. And the team with eleven shots won the game one to nothing. And I feel like it was Kiprasov and Nett who got, like, the shutout or something. I, it was the most And Hutt players t- everywhere
0: spiked their controllers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Jesus. I don't think Hutt was invented uh, yet. Oh.
0: Better times. Yeah. Better times. Detroit, I do believe. I don't know if they played since. I don't quite remember. But they have won four wins, uh, or do have four wins in a row. Yeah. So, I mean, the Red Wings are About they're hanging they look at them yep they uh granted the they have the Bruins have five games at hand um it's Detroit 27 points in 24 games and the Bruins have 22 and 19 so they're five points back but with five games at hand yeah but yeah I mean Detroit they're they're hanging in there so I mean who knows a wild card push might still be a bit too much but I think again for all Red Wings fans it's like okay just don't be boring as shit to watch and miserable to watch and they're not so it's a win this year speaking of wins this year this is probably the craziest win we'll see all year the Florida Panthers beat the Washington Capitals five to four the Panthers scored four unanswered goals in the third period they were down four to one with 17 minutes to go they tied it nine minutes later and then took the lead with 14 seconds left on a Sam Reinhardt goal yeah. they outshot the caps 26 to two in the third period 26 to two jeez it's ridiculous. it's It's one of the craziest goddamn games I think I've ever seen in the regular season. I mean, just the shots, the fact that they scored absolutely nuts. Um like the only the only real bright spot you could take away from this from Washington is I think it's Beck Mallinston scored his first. and they've had like seven or eight some odd players get their first career goal this year. It's so like Washington's depth is promising. But, boy, there's no real takeaway (laughs) from a game like this other than just, hey, let's try to forget about this one as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine what it's like to play in a period like that, getting outshot 26-2, like going on the ice, and what do you do? You just chip it down eventually. You can't even forecheck because they're already moving back up the ice. Like, nothing's going right. I wish I saw that. That would have been insane. Yeah, so Hmm. a uh,
0: ridiculous performance there for the Panthers. The Sharks beat the Devils. Uh, on Tuesday, I forgot to add the scoreline here, though. But a, a two-goal game for Timo Meyer, the tenth, and eleventh on the year. Um, yeah, it was five to two, wasn't it? Yeah. And then Eric Carlson uh, with his fourth of the year. Sin, your take on
1: this game, for at least what you remember of it. Um, it was had the potential to be a uh, big old statement game, and a uh, you know maybe just one of those games where you look back on it's like, yeah, you fucking complete game from start to finish. But of course. In the third period, defensive clamshell sharks come out and allowed Detroit to score two goals and spoiler, Rhymer shut out. Um, but overall, I can't, I can't hate the performance. They're really good when they needed to be. They scored. Timo Meyer was. He's having a year, man. Like, he's really, really good. And I think we've
0: mentioned d- him on every single podcast. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, late, he so. keeps
1: scoring and he keeps being above point per game. And I. Again, can't remember last time we had a Sharks player who ended a season, like, above point per game. It's legit been a while. God, I mean, unless like, Hurdle was above... thinking
0: back to, like, Joe Thornton. Like, well, no, I mean,
1: I'm thinking points per game. God, yeah, goal per game. What did Ben been, Jonathan? Oh, no, Chief? no, no, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, points per game. Like, I can't even remember last time yeah. we had someone above uh, a point per game. Like, huh. that's... Huh. Pretty nuts. I may, and it very well may have been like when Thornton and Marlowe were at their peak. Yeah, and which, like maybe in one of the COVID years, like Hurdle Squirtle, I don't think so, though. I just, hmm. Hmm. maybe Kane. Uh, for New Jersey,
0: on the, uh, on the other hand there, uh, really, I mean, again, like, you know, Tatar, Brat, both scored. But the main talking point is the fact that, uh, one, Jack Hughes is back, and two, Jack Hughes got paid eight by eight eight years eight million dollars per against the cap for jack hughes very very similar to what we had seen for brady kachuk where it's more so paying for what you think he's going to yeah. become versus what he is
1: now and yeah i like it. i'm i'm okay with it i love the deal i think it's great for both of them he's going to make some money before he deserves it Um, but the team is going to have a very good contract down the line and it's perfect for the devils and where they are in the situation that they are in. I really do think Jack Hughes is going to be a hell of a player. You're already seeing it. We're seeing the flashes. They're happening more and more frequently. He's going to put it together in the next probably two years and he's going to become a bonafide elite center. I think in the NHL. There you go. I mean, I can't necessarily
0: uh, disagree with it. I mean, I think, again, you have to You have to take the risk on him. Yeah. If all works out for well for the Devils, it's Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer as a one-two punch. Ooh. You talked about what the Jets are trying to do with the one-two punch of Scheifele and Dubois. It's what every team essentially needs mm-hmm. to be successful. And, I mean, Devils could certainly do worse than having those two yeah. lead the way. Um, the Blues beat the Lightning 4-3 to three, uh, in a shootout on Tuesday. If I'm not mistaken, the Blues came back from... Three nothing down in this game. I think I recall the headline of like Eric Chernock, like, tried to dump the puck in off the glass and it banked into the net past Bennington. Yeah. Couldn't happen to one a better of the strangest guy. goals of the year. Yeah. So, Take that. I mean, hey, the Blues continue to be
1: interesting is the best way I can think to phrase it. Yeah. I remember, uh, I, I was, I was pissed. I was pissed, um, because I looked at my freaking fantasy and Bennington allowed three goals on 10 shots. I'm like, you son of a bitch. But then I looked at the goal that, <laughs> Went in and I was like, "All right, hockey gods, thank you. He needed to be humbled a bit." <laughs> uh, not so much his fault on that one. Yeah. He, well, he see. He, yeah. After that happened, he was seen swinging his stick at the Stanchion's head. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh goodness! He would never, never, absolutely. He's a good kid. boy. He never does anything like that. He's a good kid. Good God, Canadian. He's Twenty-eight. Good. He's Twenty-eight or something like that. He's a good kid. <laughs> The Nashville Predators beat the Columbus Blue Jackets on Tuesday, six to nothing. Philip Forsberg scored once, twice, three times, four times. Break it up by the end of the second. What? Oh, my God. Oh, he had the four
1: by the end of the second period. Was it a natural cock trick? Uh Jesus, I'm not even sure, technically. <laughs> Hopefully you got a call from Jumbo. Ah, uh, yeah. Joe Thornton's legacy whip it forever out, huh? intact. Oh, yeah, you whip it out, huh? <laughs> Which, by the way, kids, if you haven't heard Joe Thornton talk, that's close uh, enough. <laughs> it's it's very close, and I'm a big fan. So, yeah, Forsberg, man,
0: he's up to ten on the year. Uh UC Saros gets the shutout for Nashville as well because he's ridiculous. And Philip Forsberg oh, yeah. uh, required the fewest amount of games in franchise history to reach 400 points with the Preds. He did it in 510. The previous record holder was Martin Eratz Legend. 614. <laughs> you know, the guy he was traded for. That's so good.
1: That's brilliant. <laughs>
0: I mean, that Martin Erat trade just continues to haunt Caps fans and uh, forever will. It's just, it doesn't stop. What a It's game just one of those, for much like the Bruins 2015 draft that you will just continually get your head dunked in the toilet for, even if you did have success later on, much like the Caps did, it's still, that's always going to be brought up as a,
1: yes. it's just a what the hell happened. I caused you to leave our Discord chat the last time after we were done recording by bringing up Shenishin. Yes, hey, you did. If, <laughs> if the Brus gets traded, what happens? Play Shenishin. I'm sorry, but also, yeah, uh. it was good though. Uh, I actually got asked again,
0: like, "Oh, what do you think the Brus will go?" But I mean, we talked about it yeah, in the last yeah. show, like Edmonton uh, against San Jose. It's going to happen. The other thing to talk about, though, related to the Nashville Predators was revealed just before we started recording this podcast. I wish it was. As they unveiled their brand new jersey.
1: And holy shit, is this a monstrosity. <laughs> stop trying to make Smashville a thing. It'll never be a thing. It's like fetch, okay? It will. Stop trying to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Just
0: so, okay. Recently, you have the the Team Canada Olympic jerseys. They're pretty bad, as people have pointed out. The Leaf looks like a turkey's asshole. It's not a very good logo. It's not a very good jersey. And then the USA jerseys came out, and they're even worse. They're soccer and then jerseys. you have they are bad soccer jerseys yeah. at that. And then you have the Jersey Jersey, which it's not a good jersey at all. It's trash. It'll end up being liked by some people. It's trash. And then you can even throw back to, like, the the Minnesota Wild Winter Classic jerseys or whatever. The green, red, and cream colored, and, like, the blues looked okay. There have been a lot of misses. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning at the same time unveiled their New Jersey, which I feel like is the best of the bunch. I still don't love it. Like, there's something about it where I need to see it on ice, I think. But it's... Much, much like Nashville is trying to make Smashville a thing, Tampa is still trying to make Bolts a thing. Desperately trying to make Bolts a thing. I... I you know, points for creativity, I guess, but ugh.
1: I really... Like at least
0: Nashville has a good color scheme with the dark blue and the yellow. Like, that looks good, but that's the only
1: positive. Yeah. I don't know what to make of these jerseys recently, man. I really like the Lightning one simply because of the the bottom trim, the, the, the stripe that it's, it's the lightning bolt. I think that's really cool. It's like, hmm. they, they took, they put the lightning bolt get on a, P, uh, a PNG of a lightning bolt and just fucking made it big <laughs> onto a jersey. Like, oh, they that Jake it. <laughs> just take assets that don't belong to you. Throw it on merch. Call it good. They Jake Paul. Oh man. So yeah, but yeah, the bolts thing is weird. Um, I dig the lettering. I dig the font style, but yeah, um, I would have liked to see them do some kind of cool mashup with, like, uh, the old logo. At least, like, the tamp. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, again, out of the most recent, it's the the best of the
0: bunch. The Lightning jersey, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Wild on Tuesday also beat the Coyotes 5-2. A good game for Minnesota. Jordan Greenway finally got his first of the year. You'd feel like he'd have more than that, but... The real talking point surrounding the Coyotes after that Jets win is the fact that they cannot escape that they're for sale. <laughs> the, the rumors, at least, because it's out there like, oh, they're definitely for sale. And then they're just like, no, we're fucking not. And even Gary Bettman's like, no, they're not. But then once Gary Bettman says they're not, you're like, oh, shit, maybe they are. So I this poor, it's the poor fan base for the Coyotes, like they just, one way or another, put them out of their misery. Yeah. Either move the team or figure out their home for the next 20 years. Like, yeah. do something. Because this is ridiculous. Like, every couple of months, it's like, oh, yeah, they're probably moving. Here we come, Houston. Like, yeah. when, when does it stop, man? <laughs> I just...
1: <sighs> I don't know. But, yeah. It's hey, I mean We'll see what happens. It has to happen. Because we, we technically have two Winnipeg Jets teams. And so, it's really thrown off the entire balance of the hockey universe and... Yeah. <laughs> we just want stability. That's all we want. That's it. Uh, final
0: two games that happened on Tuesday. The Dallas Stars beat the Carolina Hurricanes 4-1. Uh, Rupe Hints with a hat trick. 8, 9, and 10 on the season. Joe Pavelski, his seventh. Uh, Braden Holpe had a crazy game. Made some great saves. Uh, I should shout out Cockney. i getting his sixth to the Hurricanes as well. But Braden Holpe now has the most wins by a goaltender in NHL history through his first 500 games
1: must be nice being to on me that's just president's trophy caps teams. caps teams
0: <laughs> yeah that's what it is and just spanking the Bruins for four straight years <laughs>
1: yeah
0: I will I will never be able to uh t- to overlook that like it, it, I mean yes you know in uh in Vancouver it didn't go too well but yeah at the end of the day it just <sighs> he was really 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 good yeah might not be the same anymore. I think you still see glimpses, but he was unbelievable when he first joined the league. Yeah. Um, And Rupe Hens, by the way, that was his first career hat trick as well. So, okay, he started off the season slow, but he's really heated up too. Yeah, good for him. For the Hurricanes, uh, the real notable thing, aside from, of course, the unfortunate aspect of um, people being in COVID protocol, uh, Rod Brindamore was fined $25,000, dating to a game back on November 28th against Washington, where he... uh, I think the technical term is ripped a referee a new one. Yeah. <laughs> where, my God, you don't see coaches get this mad on occasion, but uh, it was like he was back in his playing days. Brenda Moore saw the Red Mist.
1: Yeah, I feel like he, he does more than most people, or at least I hear about it. I I do follow a few Canes media people, um, but, yeah, I feel like he's always uh, – yeah, being a being the ex-player like that's a side of you that you're never going to be able to put away. And now, yeah, you're sticking up for an entire team once again. So, letting it fly that video. Yeah, he was an angry dude. Like he's a scary guy in a good day, but like when he's screaming, man. Like I said those the, '90s players red just mist built different. And <laughs> <laughs> the final game from
0: Tuesday, the Anaheim Ducks beat the LA Kings five four in a shootout. Troy Terry, his 14th of the year. Uh, Alex I Follow had a two-goal game. He's up to eight on the year. And, uh, of course, this was the first game of uh, Brendan Lemieux's suspension. Uh, the number was officially handed down five games for biting, uh, which can be the nice uh, name of his novel that he eventually puts out, his autobiography. Um, as he, as he, and his, uh, he and his dad became the first father and son to ever be suspended both for biting in NHL history. Oh, both yeah. Brendan and Claude, Claude was, uh, were yeah. both suspended for fighting. Or for biting, I should <laughs> say. And fighting, for that matter. <laughs> five games um, for
1: fighting! <laughs> God. Your
0: take on five games for uh, for biting. Not enough? Because um, if
1: Marshan's getting three off of a slew foot, I'm, I'm wanting at least eight yeah, for biting somebody. Especially in the in the global landscape of things, probably not enough. I thought, yeah, we, we were under the impression that an in-person hearing was like... Uh, six Sixth game minimum. minimum. So yeah, who knows? Um, what I had heard, but again, and uh, like yeah, it's I. It probably it probably should be more. There's a lot of suspensions that should be more. And again, it's the no consistency, no precedent. It's just whatever the fuck we feel like in this situation. It's it's horror. Like that's gross. Number one, and also mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like that's. V- I don't know. It's hard to. S- yeah i i feel you know weird being like you know with the whole fighting thing it's like oh you gotta be (laughs) not gentlemanly but like there's a line but it's like okay yeah Mm -hmm. we've set this arbitrary line of yeah it's okay to punch each other in the face but don't bite people it's like so it's the code the code but yeah it's it's biting like dude are you fucking kidding me like that's first of all gross second of all dangerous as hell and like no like really dangerous like human mouths are filthy and he Uh broke skin and it's during a pandemic and it was when the refs were trying to get him off each other so that's like there's so many things and it's like yeah that's got to be that's got to be more than five but yeah again once again nhl dlps george peros you screwed yourself by only giving pullman two games that's gonna be what I people compare. It go. Yeah, it, it, that's gonna be the benchmark this entire year. Hey, he swung a stick at someone's head, connected, two games. So how bad of an in, like if so like back in the day, Raffy Torres got suspended for like
0: forty-one games. Yes, for, for a, a headshot. Yeah. Now I feel like to get forty-one games, it's gonna need to be a
1: gunshot. Yes. <laughs> and even <laughs> then, even then, they're like, ah, well, you see the rights of the gun owner. The Second Amendment. (laughs) The shooting
0: did take place in Dallas, so, you know, just... If it was in Edmonton, okay, maybe we could do 41. Jesus. As absurd as that sounds, does it sound completely unrealistic with the DOPS? No. And we're not trying to make
1: light of shootings, especially after what just happened. Um, That is fair, yes. um, Um, We are are laughing at the absurdity of it. Just to clear any air, and we don't want to be taken the wrong way here, but,
0: yeah, it's... And I mentioned Dallas in the shooting, and I'm sorry to JFK's friends and family. It's still too soon. (laughs) Jesus.
1: (laughs) Now now they don't know if our disclaimer was real or not. (laughs)
0: Jesus, man. I'd like to think anybody listening to this show knows my stance on the Second Amendment, that we don't have to get into today. It's perfectly well and good. But yes, obviously, we are not um, going that direction of making light of real-world events. Yeah. That said... We'll move on to Wednesday because there is, uh, oh, there's no great segue out of that to where we make a joke and it's like, are they being serious about other stuff? There's no great segue out of that. Uh, Other than to say Chris Kreider keeps scoring because on Wednesday the Rangers beat the Flyers. Uh, Kreider's 16th of the year. The Rangers are 14-4-3. Holy hell. And the Flyers are 8-9-4. Very much in that Winnipeg territory. Of what the hell is going on,
1: and when is the panic button going to be hit? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. You know, you picked up Ristolainen and used like draft picks on him. Man, why didn't that fix your problems? <laughs> I, it, it is, it is kind of bizarre though. They they started out so good. Uh, you know, Carter Hart was doing good. He's still doing pretty good. Like, it's not like Carter Hart's doing oh, so bad, but it's I have the numbers here. Carter Hart has a 9.19 mm-hmm. in 14
0: games. And Martin Jones has a nine twenty one in seven games. <laughs> two seven goals against average for Hart. Two eight seven for Martin Jones. Clearly so not the goaltenders. It's not the goalies. It is everything that's happening in front of them. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the answer is. Like they are without Ryan Ellis on injury. He's without a doubt their biggest injury. But how's uh yeah
1: that's Atkinson doing.
0: Cam Atkinson has a grand total of 12 points in 21 games now. How many assists? You might be asking. He has seven goals. How many assists does Jake Voracek have? Oh, yeah, had?
1: I know. That's what I was just going to... How, how bad are they missing Jake Voracek? After, uh, after we <laughs> So like, Cam Atkinson, only one seven goal, goals.
0: Jake Voracek, one. Ignore the fact that Jake Voracek has 17 assists in 20 games. Jeez. Ignore that shit. Nobody cares. Oh, God. It's going to haunt me for the rest of the season. It's ridiculous. Uh, God, we'll move on. Wednesday, the Leafs beat the Avalanche, eight to three. Eight to three. Uh, William Nylander scored his tenth. Matthews his eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. John Tavares his eleventh, as mentioned before. Nazem Kadri's doing great. He had two goals in this game. He's up to nine on the year. Uh, for Colorado, we're goalie. Well, Jonas Johansson
1: got pooped on. That's the. Best way to explain it. He got pooped on. Toronto and, wasn't uh, going to make the same mistake again and not shoot on a, a goalie who wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's rough right now for the ABS in
0: that they goaltenders on roster because Darcy Kemper is listed as uh, having an upper body injury. Cap-friendly, it says it's Jonas Johansson and Eustace Anouin. You know, that guy from franchise mode that you you see all the time. <laughs> um Jonas Johansson, when he left Buffalo, uh, I believe the term was the worst goalie ever, uh, did okay in Colorado at times last year. This year, six games played, an 8.84 save percentage, with a 4.0 goals against average.
1: Is that including this game?
0: That's including that game. Okay, thank that's God. Good. <laughs> I mean, not that Kemper was much better. He has a 9.03. The Weird. Avs are, um, you know, I mean, again, they're 11-7-1, which is fine. But I'm a little bit worried about their depth. I'm worried about their You know, you look at the especially. depth and goal. Not that Grubauer is doing much better in Seattle, but Damn. that's concerning. McKinnon's missed time with injuries, even though he's back now. Um, oh, he it was helps back that for
1: that He's
0: crushing it. But, yeah, Colorado I can't help but think that's one of the teams I don't look at to be like, oh, they're gonna hit the panic button. But it is a team that I look at to be like, they're gonna do
1: something. I'm, that team's not set in stone. No. They're gonna do something. It's a little bit concerning. Like, why? They were definitely one of the better defensive teams last season. I mean, just mm. one of the best teams overall. Like, they couldn't put to put it together against Vegas. But I was hyping up the roster the last week, and I, I I can't figure it out why they just got blown the hell out. I mean, obviously injuries play a part. Mm not having your starting goaltender. But again, he's not doing incredibly well. Um, Is Ryan Graves that good? (laughs) They hated him. The fans, they didn't like him. And now he's gone. He's in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's in New Jersey now. And I mean, say what you will about him. He was at least a shutdown guy.
0: I mean, their third pair right
1: now is Eric and Jack Johnson. (laughs) So if you want to talk shutdown defense, there you go. I mean, yeah, but you know, most shut down defense is not just you know a DFD. It's just they they can actually shut things down. Uh. <laughs> For the Leafs, Jack Campbell, as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, he
0: is incredible. And here's the stat line: twenty two home starts as a Leaf in his career, eighteen three and one, a one nine six goals against, and a nine thirty one save percentage with three shutouts. I mean, pretty good. Pretty good. He also became the Leafs' first goalie to post a 1.3 goals against average in a calendar month since Harry Lumley in 1953.
1: Last time they were a contender, it's the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, it always goes back to the fifties. <laughs> oh my God.
0: So yeah, I mean, again, that's that's why, like, like I said, right now, if I had to choose, like Jack Hamill's my vote. Um, for that, uh, for the Vesna, but again, long way to go. He's doing so. The Canucks beat the Sens six to two. So again, all all's well in Vancouver. Um, Luke Shen scored, so that's how you know how well things are going for Ottawa. They let Luke Shen score. Um, JT Miller had a great goal uh, for the Sens. Adam Gaudet scored, which is nice since being claimed on waivers. Brady Kachuk had his fifth. But Chris Johnston had a tweet out saying, uh, "Quote anyway." It was interesting to hear Eugene Melnick entertaining offers for the team. Obviously, a potential sale could implicate or could complicate any management or coaching changes this year. Don't get Sens fans hopes up is
1: the best thing I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. I want to... I, I, if I was a Sen fan, I'd say, please sell the team. He has been the most annoying owner I think I would ever. Like, he's trying to get his hands in everything. He was like... Tr- uh, that, that just pisses me off. I want. If I was, you know a team a fan of a team, and I, well, I am. But we have an owner who's like that, who's just, do what you're going to do, I'm not here. And Eugene Melnick mm-hmm. seems like the kind of guy who just needs, he was like, dictating how much you can spend. Like, he just, yeah, he was owning a hockey team for all the wrong reasons. I hope he sells it for the Sens fans' sake, but yeah, like you said, don't get your hopes up. But yeah, he seems like a really trash owner.
0: And for the Ottawa Senators, then you mentioned this on the last show. Since the Sens' uh, GM, Pierre Dorian, declared the rebuild is done, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. they are in last place, have placed Matt Murray on waivers, are 26th of 32 teams for goals for per game, dead last in goals against per game, and are on track to finish the season with approximately 39 points.
1: They're worse than uh, Arizona now, aren't they? Yes. Uh-oh. Arizona better trade Van yeah. The Tank's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, yeah, Ottawa's fucked
0: yeah, bottom three teams in the league by point percentage uh, Ottawa, Arizona, Montreal. And then top five would be Islanders and uh, Vancouver there as well. So
1: hopefully they send Josh Norris through waivers and we can pick him up like we did with Ballsters. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a nice um, shiny
0: Eric Carlson for him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know Carlson's been better,
0: but you know, he's been pretty, hey, he's here's been Mark pretty good. Mark Edward Vlasic, he's almost like Eric Carlson. Yeah, dude, he's yeah, he cut his hair once, <laughs> <laughs>
1: he likes dogs take them oh
0: god uh and then final few games here on wednesday the red wings beat the kraken four to three in a shootout lucas raymond 10 goals on the year um ryan donato scored two goals for the kraken his fourth and fifth which is the most typical thing ever for donato mm-hmm. and nothing no, now nothing, he won't nothing, score for 10 games <laughs> nothing nothing
1: nothing <laughs> god damn it
0: i love him but mm. damn and um you know again lucas raymond named uh, rookie of the month for the month of November. He and Moritz Seider are the first teammates to win consecutive Rookie of the Month awards since Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner in December 2016 and January of 2017. So uh, eleven million dollar deals coming soon.
1: <laughs> from a Steve Eiserman near you. Yeah. Good so, luck getting it out of Eiserman. He'll tell him yeah, a story boy, of when, I, when he was making three mil. <laughs> five years
0: from now is going to be delicious. Raymond. Cider, both getting paid like six million bucks. Always compared to the Matthews Marner 11s. It's, yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Um, the Ducks beat the Knights six to five because goaltending is a myth. Uh, <laughs> Troy Terry scored again, as mentioned. Uh, the one bright spot, because again, Vegas is 12, 10, and 0, which isn't awful, but isn't great. Um, Jack Eichel is skating already. What? He was on their practice ice non-contact, but Jack Eichel is already back on the ice skating around after his neck surgery. Yeah, I think... That's kind of insane. It's been less than a month.
1: Yeah, how is that...
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. And it's Dude, Buffalo looks like shit after that. Literally, when Jack Eichel and his agent said, we will be ready to go... And would have been good to go by the start of the season if you just let us get the surgery when we wanted it.
1: They were right wow. because he's already back on the ice. That's surprising as hell. That's such a quick recovery, and yeah, and I'm not gonna say the Knights are gonna rush him back, but that's good for the that's good for Vegas because uh, yeah, 12 and 10 is not where they want to be.
0: Yeah. So, again, we'll see what happens there with Vegas, but that's definitely a little bit brutal. And the final game to talk about, uh, the Oilers beat the Pens 5-2. to Zach Hyman, a two-goal game, nearly got the hat trick on an empty netter. Uh, but he's up to 11 goals in the year now. McDavid with 15. I believe he had a four-point night because, of course, uh, Jake Gensel for the, Pen, uh, for the Pens had his 10th. And the stat line is, a fourth of the way through the season, McDavid has 40 points in 21 games. That is a 156-point pace. And at the start of the year, we had the debate. What could McDavid hit? And the
1: dream of 150 is still alive. Yeah, I think we, yeah. I Pretty much, I think, I think he con- continues to do it. And I hope he, I hope, like, hell he does. It's, we need this. Hockey definitely needs this. And uh, good for Edmonton after all the shit they've been through. But, yeah, I mean, dry saddle two is on pace for 160. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy
0: yeah on the plus side uh, for Pittsburgh as well we talked about jerseys the one thing that we did not mention uh, would be that they brought back essentially the diagonal black Pittsburgh jersey classic as seen in a Snoop
1: Dogg music video near you and uh, as seen on my uh, Ron Francis starting lineup figure I had when I was a kid there you go that I played with so much that uh, the Pittsburgh wore off (laughs) (laughs) it was just a black jersey (laughs)
0: um awesome to be honest though, just awesome and uh again uh you know there's some people who were like "Ah, well you know with the other jerseys but hey pittsburgh they kept it simple and brought it back so big fan and with that i think we have uh i think we pretty much covered everything for today um i'm intrigued to hear who we pissed off this time uh, oh, do we <laughs> piss
1: people off? Oh no.
0: I don't know. Okay. Probably. Maybe. Who knows. <laughs> I was like, you getting hate
1: somewhere? Do I gotta hop in your Discord and crack some skulls?
0: Oh god. Well there was something from Endo the other day about pissing people off. And I'm just like, it's an everyday occasion. We're on the yeah. internets. If you yeah. communicate with other people on the internet, you're gonna piss somebody yeah. off. But hopefully we didn't piss you guys off. Hopefully you were still listening and hopefully you made it to the end of the show. And if you did, we thank you very, very much. We will be back. Well, Sin won't be. Sin again, gonna take next week out, which is all well and good. You do what you gotta do, but we will be back on Monday with more shows. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sin, as per usual, tell the beautiful people where they can find you as you continue to grind out work to make sure you got content
1: up while you're out. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on uh, YouTube at Sin for the Wind Productions, Sin Ftw Productions, and on Twitter at sinftwprod, P-R-O-D, where I post funny stuff and some rants and memes occasionally. Oh, the sweet, glorious memes.
0: Uh, Of course, you can find me everywhere at Tookie24, as per usual. We will see you all next week. Have a wonderful weekend, and goodbye.